hello everyone, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Anand, I'm from uh, Reddit. Here to talk about how Reddit scaled uh, to one billion plus video views uh, using AWS. And the session now about ID is CTD320. So a little bit about me. Uh, so I grew up in India uh, and moved to uh, the US to work, uh, to do my masters at Purdue University. And then spent about eight years at Microsoft working on a variety of different things. Compilers, uh, big data connectors, Excel connectors, and uh, most notably I spent like uh, over three years as the engineering manager for the Power BI team and scaled it up from zero to five million subscribers. Here at Reddit, right now, I'm a director for the AI and machine learning group called the Knowledge Group at Reddit. And in the last year, I worked on a several different things like the web platform for Reddit, uh, the native video platform that I'm gonna talk about today, and as well as I led the redesign, uh, the Reddit redesign, uh, massive redesign from its original inception. <clears throat> so this is kind of what I'm gonna cover today, give a high-level overview of what Reddit is. Uh, the Reddit architecture, and talk about why we built video, and a deep dive into the, the video pipeline, and walk through some results and some lessons learned. Uh, quick poll, how many of you use Reddit here often? Oh, nice, okay, so I can brief through, uh, breeze through these slides soon. So Reddit is a, a, a platform for finding different communities that you're passionate about and where you can have authentic conversations. As most of you know, Reddit, you don't need a real identity. Because of the pseudonymous accounts, you get authentic conversations. And at the core of Reddit is communities, where uh, Reddit is powered by community and community rules. So we have communities for video, you follow their rules only post videos. And uh, <clears throat> so yeah, check it out if you haven't already checked it. For even people who use Reddit often, they don't know how big Reddit is by the numbers. So Alexa, for, for those who don't know, it ranks the websites by their uh, engagement and the time spent on the subreddit, on the site. Uh, so Reddit is at fifth in the US, ranked fifth in the US and 14th globally. And we have about 330 million monthly active users and uh, about 138,000 active communities. And with 12 million posts per month, 96 million comments per month, and 2 billion votes per month. Uh, so that's a lot of uh, millions of millions of people, a lot of content. So how do we uh, build this one? So let's dig into what the site looks like. So this is a very high-level uh, overview of what the Reddit architecture looks like, uh, and it's focused more uh, mainly on the core experiences. I've left out some interesting pieces like uh, the data analysis stack, machine learning stack, ad stack, but like this is what powers the core Reddit experience. <clears throat> so the one in the middle, uh, it's called the giant blob, it's called R2, what we call as R2. It's been, an, it's an original monolithic application which has been Reddit since 2008. And this is one big Python blob and we'll talk about a little bit more detail in the coming slides. <clears throat> uh, so we just added a new front-end applications. Like we had a handful of front-end engineers who really got frustrated with the outdated technology in R2, where last January, a couple of my engineers went and uh, built node-based modern applications, and it shares code between client and the server. And these, uh, 
front-end applications are basic. It acts like any other third-party API clients that uh, Reddit has. So it uses uh, APIs through the gateway or talks directly to R2. Uh, we are also in the process of splitting the monolithic R2 service into multiple uh, microservices. So the key, key thing to note here is like each of, oops. So each of these are uh, individual teams. We have individual teams responsible for every one of those services. So we have a uh, team for search, we have a team for listing service, we have a team for uh, APIs, et cetera. Uh, so all of these new services are being written in Python, which was easier for us to split from our original uh, Python uh, monolith. And this also, we also use a common uh, library or a framework which avoided us to not reinvent the wheel over and over again when we are building these new services. And the framework also provided us uh, uh, useful things like monitoring and tracing, uh, so each services can be plugged into our data pipeline. And these backends are, are written are using Thrift, and we also have a HTTP on the front end so that the API gateway can talk uh, to these services from the outside as well. <clears throat> like I mentioned, R2, the one we call is R2 is kind of the original Reddit, and it's really complicated, and it's a, it's a, it's a beast by itself. So I have a, like a blown-up diagram for, to walk through some of the key components of R2. <clears throat> So we have a bunch of app servers and, <clears throat> excuse me, same code is deployed to all servers and, but, <clears throat> excuse me, each server might be running a different uh, request path and, <clears throat> but the same uh, stuff is deployed everywhere. And so we have also load balancers in the front which uh, uses HTTP proxy. And the point is to split the user requests that come from different clients and isolate them into application pools. It has been super handy for us to do this because uh, let's say if our comments pages APIs are slow and it's running into some outages, when people try to visit the front page or the, they try to submit a post, those things don't get impacted. And it has been super helpful for us and we didn't run into weird issues. And so along with the, the simple operations like upvoting and submitting a post, we also have some expensive uh, operations that run, which we defer it to as an async job into our rabbit MQ. And most, most usually those get processed pretty quickly. <clears throat> and in this section, which is the, the PostgreSQL and the cache uh, and the, the thing which is highlighted below, it's the core data model at Reddit. If you think about the, the core of Reddit, uh, which is comments, posts, subreddits, accounts, links, and any kind of post. All these are defined by using our core data model called thing, and it's stored in the PostgreSQL, uh, and we have a memcache in front of it. And uh, we have been using Cassandra for uh, almost little, little over eight years, uh, and it's been super handy for us whenever building the new features. And one of the abilities that we really like about this is the when uh, one of the nodes going down, you can still continue using it. <clears throat> so that's a super high level of what the Reddit architecture for just serving the core Reddit experiences. So let's talk about why uh, Reddit decided to build uh, video, right? In Reddit, like, we have different types of contents. Link posts, self-posts, which is basically a text post, images, videos, GIFs, and also links. 
So, but turns out video is one of our most popular content types. And uh, I just want to show a couple of sample uh, videos that existed before we built this. Uh, tell me if you don't like this. <laughs> so that's a cat fist bumping on, uh, a human with like about a million views. And uh, this got about uh, like, I think 100,000 upwards. So it's a lot of engagement for contents like this. And uh, this one, it's a cat uh, walking a human. <laughs> Clearly a future where cats are in charge. And this again got uh, close to a half a million views and uh, half a million upwards. So uh, the videos is like really an engaging content in Reddit and it's a core part of uh, Reddit. Uh, why else did we decide to build it? So it turns out uh, if you had to submit a video post in uh, Reddit, there's no native support. So we obviously wanted to do it for that reason. And as I mentioned earlier, communities are the key and the core part of Reddit. And we wanted to give communities new ways to express. And communities, what we have found in Reddit is they are, they are super creative and you give them something simple, they come up with like really interesting use cases. Uh, and the mobile opportunity, like our options are endless. We can innovate in our product. Uh, before we couldn't do uh, uh, interesting things. Like for example, on the, on the picture on the left, uh, so if you're viewing a video post, when I'm scrolling through and looking the comments, I can still see the video. We are able to do all those things because we had our native, we could build our native video platform. And obviously like it's a really high engaging content, so people uh, like uh, media. So these were some of the uh, key reasons. And the last one was around, um, the way we did embedding for our uh, video, like there are a lot of different third-party video sites, and it also helped us build a better performant experiences when we had our own native platform. <clears throat> so let's talk about what are the, the key problems uh, now that we have trying to build it in Reddit. What are the problems that we were trying to solve? Uh, first of all, as I mentioned, we didn't have a native upload experience, it was really, really cumbersome. So this GIF talks about like how you go to a third-party site like Giphy or Imager, upload your video, wait for the video to be processed, get a link, and come back to Reddit, and then you find a community and then you post it and then pray to God that it is not gonna get removed by automods or the community rules. So it was really, really extremely cumbersome. And uh, so people, we didn't find a lot of new creators trying our experience. And the other one was like I uh, mentioned is like the playback issues with uh, when you don't have your native platform, we couldn't uh, build interesting experiences to take into consideration of the slow ne network connectivity and uh, the latest technologies. So all this limited uh, engagement in our app and we wanted to build a really clear user experience for these uh, use cases. So we looked at why we need to build video and some of the video problems. I just wanna walk through a couple of uh, the key requirements we had to consider when we were building this platform. Uh, the first one was around post, right? It's straightforward, like when you upload a post, it needs to go live once the video processing is done. And so we wanna enable it at the right time so that we don't, uh, with the way Reddit works, we don't wanna penalize for the hot algorithm. And it also needed to integrate it with the existing automod applications or the, the community validation of the rules, as well as have a really good experience built around the user getting real-time feedback, what's happening is the, when the video is getting processed, when it's getting done, and if it failed, what they need to do. And we also take privacy really uh, seriously at Reddit, and so we uh, we also need to strip out 
the geo-tagging geo data from the video. And <clears throat> we'll talk about how uh, Elastic Transcoding helped us do that as well. So that's on the post requirements from the Reddit post requirements side. In terms of the video, like we had a few other requirements that we need to take into account. So initially, uh, or the primary reason we went, we went with MP4 was for the performance reasons, right? Like serving a huge gift to clients where, uh, would, be, uh, would be really bad. And so the way we supported GIF in Reddit today is like we take these MP4 videos and strip out the audio and then limit the, the video length to about a minute and let them auto-loop the, the video. So that's how we do uh, GIFs in Reddit. We don't have a direct .gif support. And also, we, uh, some of the other, uh, we also limited the, num the, long, the length of the video that you could upload to about an hour or a maximum size of a gigabyte. And the GIFs were about like less than a minute. And uh, we also built experiences around how you can, uh, like primarily we were targeting native audiences, so we could, we also built the experience where we need to trim it out. And uh, the last but not the least was the, the cross-platform. We needed to support in all the different platforms. And uh, adaptive streaming was something we needed to take into consideration. Uh, it's something for performances, like for degrading uh, uh, the connection uh, speeds, how does the video perform well? Uh, so playback over low speed environments uh, needs to be considered. And we also uh, had like Dash and HLS video types. Uh, Dash is for web and Android clients and HLS is the Apple standard for all iOS and Apple devices. <clears throat> oh, and the other uh, requirement I missed out is like, uh, Reddit users are very change hours. So we also needed a way to build it in a way that we can roll it out to smaller uh, audience, like we can target a particular community and just let them in and then go from there. So these are some of the requirements. And uh, I think the interesting requirement for uh, this talk is probably around the infrastructure requirements that we had. Um, so we wanted something easy to manage and handle the scale uh, at Reddit. We call it sometimes hug of death. So when you build something for Reddit, you need to handle the scale of uh, Reddit. Uh, we also need to uh, deal with uh, spiky demands. We have seen a pattern where 5 to 8 a.m. in the mornings, we get like a huge spike of video submissions. And uh, external events like gaming, concerts, we, we get a spike of events. So we wanted to make sure we have the elastic uh, capability in, in that as well. <clears throat> of course, uh, rapid processing time is something, a uh, key metric that we targeted for as one of our KPIs that like, when you build this video uh, uploading tool, like the whole processing time should be uh, in the right expected uh, range. And the last one and the most important one for us was minimal in-house infrastructure. When I'm, what I say by that is like, at this time when we started building uh, Reddit video, the whole engineering uh, org, or the number of engineers in Reddit were like 40 engineers. And the people who are working on this video project were like two engineers. Like there was one, uh, one engineer working on it half time and he was a manager and another engineer working on it full time. And we had a couple of vendors helping out with the client stuff. So like we had like really, really limited resources. And if you had to build this in-house like a transcoding cluster, it would have been a massive, massive uh, undertaking. And we couldn't uh, handle that scale. We probably need about like 30, 40 people just maintaining that transcoding uh, <laughs> cluster. And uh, again, the FFmpeg transcoder system is, it brings with a lot of its own intricacies. And it's not something we, did, we, didn't, we didn't want to deal with. And the last one is for us, it's like monitoring and observability is, was really important. Uh, so these are some of the key requirements. 
that we uh, went in for building the video. So let's take a quick look at uh, what the Reddit video pipeline uh, looks like today. And just wanted to share like one of our first uh, viral video. So if you guys know what Reddit is, it's the, it has like communities, but it also has this friend page. It's called R Popular. And uh, this was one of the first videos that hit R Popular after a few months of uh, launching it. It was like a monumental moment for, monumental momentum, moment for us. And uh, this kicked off a lot of growth in uh, Reddit. And this video got about like a half, a half a million views and which made us really feel good and move forward with our plan. So what does the stack look like today? Excuse me. So we have a, we have a, I'll give a very quick overview of like the whole end-to-end -end stack and then walk through in, in depth for each one of them. So the client, uh, the mobile or web or uh, like, yeah, mobile or web, they request R2 uh, for a signed lease to upload the, the video, right? And then uh, the video gets uploaded to one of the temp buckets, and uh, I'll talk about why we needed the temp buckets in a bit. And once the video is uploaded, we do the kind of the validation and the security checks that we need to run on these uh, videos. And then uh, the video upload queue, which is right over there, which helps, up, helps with the validation and uh, moving from the temporary bucket to the, to the permanent bucket. And once the video gets to the permanent bucket, it, uh, it triggers, a, a fires a S3 object creation event, which invokes the Lambda uh, over there. And the Lambda has a bunch of presets uh, set, and then it kicks off the transcoding job. And once the transcoding is done, uh, it drops the video into the transcode bucket, right? And then once the transcoding job is done, based on the results, success or a failure, we, uh, the Elastic Transcoder sends a message to uh, via SNS through SQS to say the job was done and it was success or a failure, which our ETS uh, completion queue picks it up and notifies the user. This is kind of like the overall flow for uh, what the Reddit video pipeline looks like. And uh, this is just a zoomed-in version of uh, just the transcoding pipeline piece. Uh, highlights uh, the different Amazon management services uh, that we leveraged for building the transcoding pipeline. And with that, so let's, uh, let's zoom into individual components in the video pipeline and see what happens in each of those uh, components. So the first one, uh, the client upload. Uh, the interesting pieces here were like, because we used this temporary bucket, we needed to get assigned URLs from S3 uh, for the client to start uploading the video. Uh, we used transfer acceleration enabled, which helped us get a really uh, impressive upload performance by leveraging edge locations from CloudWatch, CloudFront, sorry. And of course, we used uh, multi-part uploads, which enabled us to upload uh, a single video into multiple parts and then S3 gets them all and then gives back one single S3 object. This enabled us to do uploads in parallel, pause them, resume them. These kinds of, this kind of was really interesting and important for us because when you're talking about mobile network connections, when you go, out, go into a spotty uh, network area, it's easy to pause and resume the upload so that it doesn't get, uh, the, the bandwidth doesn't get wasted. Uh, 
And, uh, and the last one, as I mentioned, we used a temporary bucket with the, the TTL uh, of like about a day. I'll talk about it, that in a second. But uh, so it's primarily to delete unprocessed videos. So this is kind of what happens in the client upload uh, side of the, the video pipeline. Uh, so once the video is uploaded, we go and go look into the video validation. What happens for once you get the video into the temporary bucket, R2 returns a WebSocket to the client. So the WebSocket was really important for us so that we can know the current status, and based on the transcoding job moving to the perm bucket or the job is done, we can, uh, we can refresh the status of the user or status of the post and give, send back messages to the user. And once the WebSocket is created, a draft post is created. Like as I mentioned earlier, we don't want to create the post yet till the video is done. And the video is uh, the video upload queue, which is over there, uh, queues the video uh, for, uh, which basically contains the code for validating and moving the, uh, the video between uh, the temp bucket and the perm bucket. Uh, the kind of validation we do on the size, the length, and also on the, we can do some security checks to make sure the video headers are, are the right things that we are looking for. And then uh, once the video is validated, the, the, uh, we set the object metadata with interesting metadata information that we want to set on the S3 object. For example, if the video is a GIF or a video, or just like a normal video. So this uh, metadata is really, really helpful because that metadata gets passed along with your object through your entire transcoding pipeline and then you could leverage that to build interesting things like either our own analytics or try to measure and for tracing. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. So uh, why did we need the temporary bucket? Uh, so as I mentioned before, like the experience was like you need to upload the video before the post gets created. So there was a use case where like the, the user might just upload a video and then just walk away before creating a post. We, don't wanna, we didn't want to just let them orphan videos stay around. So we built uh, the temporary bucket with the TTL, like a shorter duration, of, uh, uh, like shorter duration for the TTL, and so that we can just clean them uh, without any overhead. And this also applies for failed validation videos. Like we upload the videos and then we run our validation or community rules and the post gets rejected, so we just go ahead and remove them. Uh, also, then we decided to increase our, uh, the TTL timeline to a day because we wanted to support discover, uh, disaster scenarios. When you have an outage as the video is uploaded, we didn't want to lose the user data uh, till the outage is recovered. So we, uh, we landed on having a day's long worth of uh, the, TT, uh, the TTL on the temporary buckets. And so we had uh, three different types of buckets. The temporary bucket is what we use for uh, the uploading and validation. And then the permanent bucket is where we store the original uh, video as it was uploaded from the, uh, from the user. So it, we obviously needed different kinds of permissions on these, uh, the buckets. The temporary allows you to upload video from externally, uh, but the permanent bucket has the original video. So we had different permission uh, settings on them, as well as, um, and, oh sorry, and the transcode bucket is where the video gets served once the elastic transcoding is done. And one thing which we found uh, really interesting was the caching. Uh, so we initially set up like really bad uh, cache headers and then video is something which quickly adds up. Uh, the bandwidth quickly, really quickly adds up. Uh, but like, so it's really important uh, to get caching right. 
uh, in this case. So now that we have uploaded the video, validated the video, what happens next? Let's go, th go through that. Uh, this is where the interesting part of the a AWS Lambda comes in. Once the video is pushed to the, the permanent bucket, it, uh, S3 fires an event, uh, 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 an, a notification with an event uh, type. And so you can configure uh, different event types to AMD, the AM AWS Lambda functions. So once this uh, events are fired, the Lambda picks up the event data as a parameter and then starts using it for its processing. Uh, and we use, uh, for the metadata extraction, uh, we use media info bi binary. Uh, metadata is similar to like uh, audio, uh, the height, the width of the video, and things like that, the bitrate and resolution. So we use media info for that one. It was so simple to just do a shell out uh, via subprocess to call into the media info binary. And also the next thing was setting up the expected outputs because we needed different uh, resolution videos, we set them as presets on uh, the Lambda object. And also the, the transcoding pipeline supported multiple uh, or multiple pipelines for performance and uh, for performance reasons. So we, the Lambda also supported load balancing on that one. <clears throat> so this code, this is a, a code sample to show the, the various presets that we used and how easy it was to map uh, these presets uh, with the metadata. Uh, so, uh, so it was very easy to change the preset by replacing the preset ID with the preset that we are looking for. And uh, so this enabled us to try out different uh, presets to see the, to get the right user experience by uh, looking for the quality and the performance and the, the time it takes for getting the right resolution. <clears throat> and uh, this one, this is a code sample on what a uh, Lambda handler looks like. One of the first things the, the Lambda handler does is to get the, uh, the, the right pipeline. We use a random function to pick the to load balance between the right ETS pipelines. And we also pick the outputs. Uh, outputs in this case are again like the different uh, preset settings. So uh, if I upload a 480p video, it is essential that we only uh, downscale it to below 480. So we're not never gonna try to transcode into a 1080p video. And the playlists uh, in the code, you see, those are basically the, the manifest, like uh, either the dash or the HLS manifest, and uh, which basically outputs, outputs it to the different containers that they are associated with it. The playlists are really important because these are downloaded by various video players and used to determine the best uh, bitrate for adaptive streaming. So it was important to get that right as well. And we used uh, Amazon's Python API wrapper to queue the job settings, job with the job settings into the queue. And so this is where we pass the user uh, metadata, uh, which kind of tells like the metadata around the video. So one of the examples I coded earlier was like, tell what type of video it is. And this is kind of uh, interesting, right? Like because a, the Lambda handler passes on this metadata throughout our transcoding pipeline, which helps us to manage uh, different uh, settings. Like, for example, we try and kind of wanted to experiment, like, okay, if it's a GIF-only subreddit, high-quality GIFs, can we have a, a, 
a code path or a request path which is optimized for that kind of flow. So AWS Lambda lets us do that with like the metadata setting. And we also had some logging information which I'll talk about in a, like a, uh, when I talk about the monitoring in a bit. Uh, just want to also call out how deploying Lambda was pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. It was as simple as running the command uh, displayed there, and which creates a zip file with the media info binary and the Lambda uh, handler, and then zips it up. And the, the zip is get uploaded to the Lambda and to deploy it in the new Lambda uh, function. So this could also be integrated with the build step process so you can, uh, as you merge code in, a new uh, build gets, or the new zip file gets generated. Uh, using uh, AWS Lambda was like, saved, saved us like a ton of overhead for our, uh, for our like, like just in general managing all these services, just having only one engineer work on this the entire time. <clears throat> So with that, let's talk about uh, what happens in the Elastic Transcoder. So like as I mentioned earlier, like if we had to do this in-house, we had to build our own FFmpeg cluster, which is gonna be a really painful uh, process. So uh, this was a lifesaver for us, and we were able to build the whole end-to-end -end Reddit video pipeline in close to four months with a couple of engineers, and uh, this was one of the key uh, reasons. Uh, so, like, basically the transcoder produces two of the manifests, HLS and Dash, and uh, it was also extremely easy to set up multiple pipelines because we needed the multiple pipelines for performance uh, reasons, which I'm gonna talk about it in the next slide as well. And um, again, uh, as I mentioned earlier, one of our key requirements were around privacy that we need to strip out the geotagging uh, data, and uh, the transcoder helps us strip out the the geotags from them before it drops into the transcoder bucket. And uh, yes. so the last, uh, the, the most important thing for us was around the processing time. And with the type of video that was getting uploaded to Reddit, what we noticed was like our P90 was on less than 30 seconds, which was like pretty significant for the scale of Reddit. And the other interesting feature that uh, the Elastic Transcoder gave us was super handy was generating a poster image, which is basically given a video with a bunch of frames, what is the, the, the thumbnail for the video. So this enabled us to prototype really, really quickly, and it was like almost like plug and play and got it working. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, the last piece was around having multiple pipelines, and as I said, it was more around fault and uh, performance reasons. When you have like a really long videos, there's a potential that the queues can get really, really long. So we had two dedicated uh, pipelines for video and also dedicated uh, pipeline for GIF because GIFs were like, uh, because of the time, like about like less than a minute, they were like really quick turnaround and the shorter uh, videos. And the metadata that we, uh, we tag on in the uh, Lambda handler is the one which helps us route to the right appropriate queues. So once the video uh, transcoding is done, uh, I talked about like the, the notification message, message that gets sent out from the Elastic Transcoder. Here is an example of what that looks like. We can get to see the, uh, the job status, like the settings, was it a failure or a, a success, uh, along with the user metadata, the job settings that was initially the job was created with, as well as um, the different outputs, the number of outputs, and the manifest playlist. 
Um, and then again, the error codes and all the information that is needed for the client to give a uh, reasonably good experience for the end user. <clears throat> so once the, the transcoded video is dropped, it in, dropped into the transcoding bucket, uh, ETS passes the message which I just showed in the previous slide via SNS to SQS. And we built our, uh, in R2, we built our own uh, ETS uh, completion queue, which basically pulled, uh, pulled this information, looked at the metadata, and was able to, depending on if the job was success or a failure, it did a few things. If it's a failure, it just notified uh, through the WebSocket to the clients that it was failed for so-and-so reasons. And if it's a success, it tied the original post to the transcoded output and then queued it for re-indexing in our listing service. So that was from the, the client side or from the Elastic uh, Completion Queue. And again, this is another uh, call out for AWS infrastructure where we were able to build this, uh, the glue between our uh, job queue that I mentioned in our original Reddit architecture where we had the job queue to do some expensive operations. We were able to tie into our existing job queues using, uh, uh, with Elastic Transcoder using uh, SNS and SQS. It was super uh, easy to build it. All we had to do was build like three, uh, like a scalable solutions, and we had, um, I think, three queue consumers in which was able to handle the Reddit scale. And finally, uh, so that's like kind of the whole end-to-end -end, uh, flow of what we just looked at. Client uploads, temp bucket, uh, a WebSocket comes back to the, to the client, validation happens, most of the permanent bucket and then a notification is triggered by S3 to Lambda. Lambda takes in defined presets. Uh, once the transcoding job is done, uh, Elastic Transcoder uh, via SNS sends a message to SQS and drops the image in the transcode bucket. And then the ETS uh, transcoding completion queue picks up the message and uh, either sends a user the error message or sends uh, a message saying this is the listing is live and queue it for indexing. So that's a... Uh, the overall uh, flow of what the Reddit video looks like today. Uh, I mean, as, like when in, in building any service, like monitoring is extremely, extremely important. And one of our key requirements was observability. observability. And so monitoring led, leads us to look at alerting. And so like when we initially started, we didn't have uh, multiple video pipelines. We saw like there were the queue size were like Quite increasing quite a bit, so then we made a choice to uh, like separate, have dedicated pipelines. <clears throat> and so we got a lot of uh, metrics out of the box for free via CloudWatch. And uh, it was really extremely helpful uh, with all the managed services. I'll talk through some of the interesting metrics. And uh, the other key thing which kind of worked out in our favor was getting it integrated with our existing monitoring and alerting solutions were really, really important. At Reddit, we use Grafana and Graphite, and uh, so this, all these things were integrated there. But currently, we are switching over to WaveFriend with all the new Kubernetes world that Reddit is moving towards. And on top of that, like, we also needed some kind of custom uh, instrumentation that did not come out of the box. So let me walk through a couple of those examples. So these are uh, some of the metrics that came out of the box. Uh, I would say like the top two ones are kind of the in most interesting ones. The jobs completed and jobs added out. And uh, also like the standby time, uh, which kind of tells us how long the queue is and how long 
individual objects are waiting to be getting transcoded, which is kind of an important uh, uh, thing to look at, and this kind of helped us go into multiple pipelines when we Valve has built our uh, pipeline. <coughs> so, as I mentioned, like we also needed a couple of uh, instrumentation that was not readily available from CloudWatch. CloudWatch. Uh, one of those things are the it's the transcode uh, duration. As I mentioned, like one of the key requirements when we started was like uh, really extremely fast processing, and uh, so how can we add some custom instrumentation? So I just want to throw in a, a, a uh, like a code sample on how we were able to uh, measure this uh, uh, measure the the transcoding duration. So again, it comes back to like all of this is uh, running in the ETS completion queue which is the, the, our integration point between SQS and R2. Uh, so remember like the, the original user metadata object that you set when you created the original Lambda function that gets passed around the entire pipeline comes back to our uh, completion queue. So with that, you know all the job settings and like the different outputs and the uh, initial uh, start time. So we were able to add uh, a duration with the, by also looking at the other metrics, like the, met, uh, the height, the width, and what was the bitrate, so which helps us kind of coordinate, like look at it from different dimensions, like okay, for bigger videos, high resolution videos, what is the duration? And we also added uh, the standby time, which kind of tells how long the video was uh, waiting in the queue before the transcoding started. So with those two data, we were able to plug them together and get a, like an approximation of the transcode duration time. Uh, so with this, uh, like this is one of the uh, custom metrics we added. So we can think of adding uh, metrics that are really interesting from a product perspective or from a technical perspective. And uh, these are a, a few of the, the metrics that we used, we got out of the box in SQS and SNS. Uh, nothing really interesting, but like we just had a bunch of alerting and monitoring set to make sure the system was fine. Uh, simple things around number of messages uh, deleted, received, sent, uh, things like that. On the SNS side, it's like the number of notifications pushed and delivered. <coughs> so with that, uh, I just want to walk through a couple of uh, slides on uh, what did, how did we roll this out and what are the results looking uh, almost after a year since we launched this video platform. Uh, when we first started, like one of the key things that we knew about Reddit is like, Redditors are change averse. Like they are, uh, like had really good experience trying to build the redesign and got a, uh, it, was, it was a really interesting experience. So our video was like the first time we tried to push in a new experience. And the, the way we took there was like, we, we worked with communities that were like uh, video heavy and uh, GIF heavies and they're more interested in trying out new things. So gaming com communities adopted uh, the videos. Uh, of course, we got like a lot of inspirational feedbacks uh, once we launched. Uh, I'll read a couple of them. Uh, Shitty video site that doesn't work on any of my three browsers or Alien Blues built on browser. Or the other one, uh, this video shit is awful, opens in browser through Reddit is fun and slow as hell. So, <laughs> uh, it's, it's fun working at Reddit sometimes, so. <laughs> Uh, so, like one of our product uh, managers, Iman, uh, he went and looked at through a ton of these feedback, and one of the interesting analysis he came back was that, uh, like most of these users who have been uh, making these inspirational feedback 
were using our third-party uh, clients. So turns out the way the native uh, video platform, the mistake we made was like we did not coordinate with our third-party developers so that they can use the adaptive uh, streaming technologies that we use so that they have a really good experience for those users. So once we found out that, like we were able to go work with the third-party uh, developers for like two to three months, and once they uh, added it, it's when things kind of started turning it uh, turning around. Um, what we started seeing is like we kind of started seeing new kinds of videos that didn't exist anywhere else before. So when we launched video, like uh, the Reddit video, we were curious: would it take down like other? third-party sites videos that's getting uh, plugged into Reddit, but it kind of see like new types of content getting uh, created in, within the community-centric ones. So this one, the first one on the left is a dude is getting uh, like videotaping his head and asking what type of haircut he should get. On the right is someone uh, asking feedback on their golf swing. So it was really interesting to see people uh, adapting it for interesting use cases. <coughs> And then finally, after like going through like a lot of this fun feedback, it was like we just uh, reached a monumental moment. Like I want to say, like a month back, when uh, Reddit video reached like more than a billion views a month, it was pretty phenomenal for us, and it was really, really good. And uh, so, for people who haven't watched Infinity Wars, Avengers, this might be a, a spoiler, so I apologize. So in the end of the movie, you know what happens. Thanos uh, snaps his finger and half of the population disappears. So there is a community in, subreddit, in uh, Reddit called Thanos did nothing wrong. And there was a petition there which was like ban half of the users in that subreddit. So obviously the things uh, got upvoted and became really popular. And it was Thanos himself sent a message and he snapped it. On, and I believe it's on July 6th we banned randomly half of the population. So it was, uh, <laughs> I said it, like Reddit has a really unique way of bringing creativity. We give them really simple tools. So that's one thing I really love about working at Reddit. It's like uh, the community powers uh, Reddit. And looking at some of the stats, uh, obviously we see about 60 to 70% of the usage coming from our mobile devices, 45% from iOS, and 22% from Android, and uh, the desktop is uh, like 24%, and like mobile web, we get around 10%. And uh, <clears throat> the other interesting one is like uh, the graph is starting at like July 1st and going up to like August. So you see a, a steady increase, and we've reached up to like almost 20% of our videos that are hosted in Reddit are uh, native videos. and. I just want to point out this particular uh, thing which started at uh, October and went on to like December. This is kind of the phase when we are getting all those inspirational feedbacks just to tie it back. <laughs> so we were like, that's the time we were working with all the, the, the third party uh, developers to bring their apps up to speed. And we were very particular about bringing communities in front when we were uh, rolling it out. So we didn't roll it out to a lot of users and it was, it, it took a tipping point earlier, beginning of this year, and it's been growing linearly. So what are some of the lessons learned? Uh, on the technical side, uh, minimal infrastructure. As I said, like we, like we have a billion views right now. There's only one engineer working on it right now. Like literally one engineer working on our, the whole the Reddit pipeline, there's only one engineer working. 
And thanks to the AWS, we don't have to worry about the infrastructure. And observability is key. Uh, maybe, which kind of helped us make some interesting product decisions around like load balancing our pipelines or knowing when we are running into errors. So always keep that in mind when you're building it. Uh, the other one which, uh, like the thing which is key for like some of the startups and uh, these product companies are like to focus on the core user experience. Like working with AWS uh, ETS, we were able to focus on our core user experience problems instead of worrying about what the infrastructure should look like, what should be the transcoding pipeline. And this helped us focus a lot of our time experimenting on like quite a few different things. Like for example, the, uh, the segment lengths on the manifest, like how long should it be, what will be a right ideal experience, uh, trying, it, trying to get the adaptive streaming working, uh, the perfect way for slow connections. And again, uh, for HLS, follow the guidelines, it's like, Apple defines strictly what needs to be done. For Dash, you need to play it around and get the right settings. And in general, video plays have been, have been really hard, like in terms of the clients. We have Android, iOS, web, mobile web, and third-party uh, mobile apps as well. So getting those things took a lot of our time, and we were able to focus on the key issues than worrying about our infrastructure and scaling it. And so, AWS Managed Services was a perfect MVP for us and uh, for most of you guys, I would believe we were able to get it right. One of the other things which we learned uh, by paying us a little bit more money was around caching. We messed up our caching initially and then uh, we, when we went and turned it around, we were able to reduce our cost by one-fifth. So that was really good. And the last one is again, we were able to leverage the metadata to the object to pass around the Lambda function to learn a lot, or sorry, not to learn a lot, to help uh, make custom changes, integrate with uh, pieces that are, uh, like it could be our analytics or it could be our own data pipeline. So we were able to do all those things. And uh, some more, some of the lessons learned, but these are not technical, this is purely from rolling it out to a community like Reddit. It was around, uh, first we identified a video-friendly communities, around gaming, GIF, memes. Uh, we obviously prevented NSFW, we didn't wanna go into that, and uh, like it was, the struggle was getting the f first initial viral content or the initial advocates for your video type. Once we uh, got like these early adopters and people started using it and when the video started coming up into the, the popular uh, page or the friend page, it was kind of interesting to see like people started adopting it and in Reddit we have user profiles and we rolled it out to all profiles and uh, we kind of got interest from like, uh, uh, like famous publishers like Time, Washington Post. Time also made a, a video with uh, like one of the Monarx, Sonar Eclipse, I think, and then it got like a lot, a ton of votes. So it's kind of interesting to see the whole rollout tactic around starting small, here, uh, get as much feedback as you can, even if it means slowing down your rollout, take in all the feedback, uh, fix the issues, and then keep rolling it out. And this is like a key lessons that we took in, which we kind of applied in our Reddit redesign rollout as well, so. And uh, so we have large partners working with us right now. And uh, finally, it's like it was launched to all, uh, all uh, safer work communities, I wanna say earlier this year. And by uh, it, like last month, we hit like a billion views and like with AWS, we just need a, a single engineer to manage the whole process, so. With that, thank you.
questions? Uh, okay, I'm 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 not sure I have a correct answer for you now, but like let's just catch up offline. I'll connect with you. Someone can answer that one. So for some of the things like the community validation, we have our own framework. Like to run through our automod rules, uh, community rules, we have our own framework. For uh, the actual uh, validation on the video itself is done through the media info where we get the metadata around like the size, the, uh, the duration, and things like that from the media info binary. Uh, so that's, uh, we, we do have a, a team called Trust and Safety and Anti-Evil in Reddit. Uh, so that one is completely out of my scope, but I'm, uh, let's connect offline and I'm happy to connect you with someone because I wouldn't be able to do justice for that question. So. Yeah, so some of the optimizations that we did were around the segment size. Uh, and like we initially when we started, like we had a couple of, uh, we started with like only two to three resolution we, that we saved. And we tried out uh, through a bunch of uh, manual testing. Then we came back and then we have like, we came down to those, some of the predefined presets that I had, like I think five. Uh, so that was one, uh, the segment size. We started off like with small segment size for adaptive streaming. And what we found out was that like it was taking, because of the, small segment size, which means more bandwidth, so it's taking a longer time. So we, we did end up increasing our segment size to optimize for it. So those two things were uh, things I would probably call out. Uh, sorry, say it again. Yeah. Uh, setting the right uh, uh, I'll, let's catch up after this. I'm, I don't have a right answer for that one. <clears throat> wow. Uh, so there's a lot of reposting on Reddit. Have you guys thought about ways to identify videos that are already uploaded and just hold that file? Uh, not yet, but like that's something in our, uh, so probably in the team that I'm running right now. So I'm running the machine learning platform. We, at some point we might have to look at it, but it's not something we've been actively looking at. Uh, could you say that? Streaming your videos to your Okay. Uh, I, that's an interesting idea, but like, uh, I don't, I'm not part of the team anymore now. I'm in the machine learning team, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, during, once it gets to the, the temporary bucket is when we start looking at our, uh, 
a few things. Uh, we use the median info uh, to get the metadata around the video. It's like the size, the duration, and uh, different, uh, the, the headers of the video, those are the things that we are, it's in the valid set. Uh, once that is done, there is the next round of validation which happens, which are specific to Reddit. Because in Reddit, like if you're uploading, uh, if you go to a community which, uh, which only allows you to upload GIFs, you should not be uploading videos or uh, communities. Like there are like a lot of uh, community specific rules and also auto moderators which are like, community rules are like uh, defined by moderators of the community so they come and remove those posts. But they also have defined, predefined settings called auto moderators which come and uh, remove them as well. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I got one more. Uh, sure. So, so there's a like, startup called Convos that's really interesting where you can uh, reply with uh, video, like a webcam uh, reply. So you're responding uh, with words as opposed to writing it. Um, and I thought that would be an interesting idea where there's like a webcam button or something. Uh, this is an interesting idea, but like uh, I think uh, the way, like today we don't support media in uh, the comments, right? Like, and we we take comments as like comments are like the core part of Reddit, and we want to be mindful about how do you want to get there, right? It's uh, the con uh, when I say conversation, it's more on the discussion that's happening, and like the videos are like uh, more interesting as a post type rather than as a, a discussion type. That's my personal view, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, again, like that's, uh, like I'm happy to discuss with you offline, which is something, uh, like we have a different infrastructure team. Like I said, we use the common frameworks which takes care of a bunch of the logging, integrating with our data pipelines, uh, the whole system. So that's not something I'm, I was responsible of. So, but I'm happy to connect you with someone. No, the video, like, the validation happens after the video is in the temporary bucket. It's a sequential process. The video upload queues for when you have multiple videos in the temporary bucket and those needs to be validated. Like, it could be multiple users coming in. So once you upload a video, it goes to the temporary bucket and then you, uh, it goes into the validation queue. But, like, and then the queue is for multiple users trying to upload at the same time. Uh, so we, uh, like, that's kind of in our, uh, probably in our, like, down the line roadmap 
uh, as part of our, some of our machine learning uh, techniques. Uh, so I currently run the machine learning team and uh, just gave a talk about like how we use machine learning. Uh, images is something we, we do consider, but like primarily our focus is around uh, natural language processing right now to understand the text and content. But that's something we might consider in the future. Yeah, I, I personally would want to, uh, yeah, we, we def like, uh, the way we think about that is, uh, like, like, I found out, like, I led the redesign effort, and I found out there is a site called i.reddit.com, which still runs, like, which is, like, way, way back uh, site. And R2, uh, from the, the client perspective, like, the old Reddit design, that's something which is gonna, we're gonna let it go, let it, let, let it live forever. That's kind of what our CEO promised when we went with the redesign. But in terms of the backend services, we're just slowly plucking our way into build, getting into microservices. And there's another, uh, one of the APA teams that is responsible is moving, uh, slowly moving into GraphQL. So that's something uh, we are working on as well. But like we don't have a timeline on something. Uh, I'm pretty sure we should have done it, but like it was something we've already been using uh, yeah, for. A, uh, yeah, potentially, but I'm I'm not. But I'm uh, happy to connect you with like this question and the previous question you had around like the, with the right person. Sorry, say that again. Which, this one? I probably should, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like well within an hour. Hopefully the video is like less than a gig, so. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>